0: The Brothers Whist, The Brothers wisp, Brothers whisp. The Brothers wisp. The Brothers You're whisks. now listening to Greg, it's The hey Brothers Greg Texas, and this happens to be The Brothers Wisp podcast number 140, 140. Still seems, uh, every time we hit kind of an even 10 uh, digit increment, it still seems ridiculous how many of these things we've put out there into the universe. And yet we still aren't in prison, so something's going right. Today we have one, Colin Zappelak. I said it right, correct? All right. Yes, sir. Colin is. Oh, oh, that finger. He's right there. Where are you from, bud?
1: Uh, Texas, but I'm in Destin, Florida are today. You Really? Yeah, I was in Cancun, Mexico last week, so I'm just getting all How's over the place. How slow ride a treat you? Yeah. It's hot, well, it's not as hot as it's been in Texas, but it's more humid, so uh I've been working outside, so
0: awesome so you're, it's it's uh it's actually work. it's not uh, you're not relaxing
1: yeah the yeah, this is a work trip in fact I'm actually in one of our MDUs right now, uh, they were kind enough to give us friend pricing for a uh, two week stay.
0: Uh, I hear anytime you go to Florida, it's work it's never uh it's never an easy thing. Oh, it is so crowded here, man. <laughs> is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, so. Uh, I'm on one of the like far bits of Destin, and where all the fun stuff is in Destin is like eight miles away. It's almost thirty mile or thirty minute drive because of how long it takes to get through the traffic. It's crowded.
0: Forget it. It's like uh, office space. You're just getting beat by the guy walking on the curb. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we also yeah. have mikey you heard him for just a second there mikey hammett from Chicago chicagoland
2: i forgot to think of something else other than hey how's it going why does
0: this surprise you every single time
2: <laughs> uh, i guess what is probably most surprising is the fact that it took me so long to realize that i just had the same thing every time and so now it's like, so now they're going to have at least that long to think of something else I to honestly say.
0: don't think there's any problem with consistency. I think I intro the stuff pretty much the same time every time. And uh, there was a YouTuber I talked to, Blondie Hacks, Quinn Dunkey, and she said that she purposely went out of her way to make sure that her intro was the same every time. Just to like, uh, I don't know, like make it warm and familiar, I guess, sort of thing. So maybe, maybe that's what you're doing, just unconsciously.
2: I did watch that podcast maybe that's uh maybe that's ingrained in me
0: <laughs> no 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 you've been doing it long before you watch that podcast maybe, that why it's,
2: maybe that's why i can't
0: nice change try. oh yeah 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 it's solidified things well it totally makes sense to me I, i'm down i dig it all right let's get the uh the intro stuff out of the way we have a new patron so if you go to patreon.com forward slash brothers throw some bones you get access to the patron only slack and our newest member is jack from arizona So he's a pretty interesting cat who lives a interesting double life there. So uh, it would be, uh, I think it'll be, I think there'll be some fun stuff coming out of this guy. He sounds like he does a lot of information collection, sort of SCADA-ish stuff, but not really SCADA. So he's doing a lot of IoT based things. So I think he would be interesting to uh, talk to, maybe pick his brain. So again.
1: You're trying very hard to, uh
0: stay in the pc side of that well i don't know man not everybody wants to you know i i want them to speak their own truth i don't want i don't want me to speak their truth so it's like i don't know you know what i mean it's like i don't know what people are comfortable with putting out in the universe i don't want to be the one to out them in any specific way so i will uh i'll just let that dog lie right there if you guys are interested get in the slack and you will uh, quickly understand what we're talking about we also have some sponsors so uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a speed run here see how many I can get through of these. We have uh Sonar.software. It's a scalable, intuitive, and comprehensive ISP operational and support system. So uh, definitely pop over to sonar.software, check those kids out. We also have Quickbit, K W I K B I T. They are a manufacturer of indoor and outdoor 60 gigahertz kit. It's actually pretty cool stuff, pretty industrialized, but still pretty compact. Crazy feature set for the price. You also get a full API deployment tools, solid distance, which is really important for that 60 gigahertz kit. And you could do a solid eight clients and it doesn't get weird on you when you get to that eight eight client mark. Again, that is kwikbit.com. We also have tower coverage. Towercoverage.com is your RF propagation system to empower your network. Real-time data metrics, 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 Enable your coverage area, reaching your customer base, and more. The industry's best RF propagation mapping system allows website integration for customer sign-up and pre-qualification. Use this data to scientifically plan network expansion and help your WISC succeed. Get a free trial today at TowerCoverage.com. All right. Let's do the things. So, front matter, something that's fresh on my mind. As I was uh, talking to one Justin Miller, and it looks like he might be going to Wispapalooza this year, and I know that's going to be somewhere in october sort of land, and Red Hat, my current employer, is allowing me to travel and go to conferences and stuff, and not only that, they encourage me to go to conferences and uh, evangelize the word of our Lord and Savior Ansible, so <laughs> I'm thinking this would be a good opportunity to get back out into the world and see uh see my people see my friends so i was curious if uh anybody else was actually planning on heading out there cuz i think it's pretty everything's pretty loose and open back up out in vegas as far as i know but you know by the time it, october hits who knows what's going to be going on this this a rapidly changing landscape we find ourselves in i was just curious if you guys had any uh, uh thoughts about going if you were planning to or not
1: uh I don't know. Uh, I've already kind of penciled in the month before doing uh IWC in Vegas. So I think it would be kind of hard for me to get, get the, uh, the, the people who sign the checks and pay the bills to, to, uh, go for a second month in Vegas,
0: refresh me. What's IWC?
1: Uh, international wireless expo something. Um, it's it's mainly uh, two-way radio guys, but all and SCADA stuff. But all your uh, backhaul guys typically go there. So you know you run into Aviat and Sick um, Dragon Wave. They'll they'll be there, and then you'll have your your really big names and uh, expensive names. I've uh, run into uh, quite a few. Uh, uh, you know, smaller vendors, I think I ran into Baltic Networks the other year and uh, uh, EPCOM, so El Paso Communications, since they've gotten very heavy into serving the uh, Central American mar- market with Microtech and Ubiquity equipment now. So uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of everyone who goes to those shows these days. So.
0: Gotcha. Is it Everything. pretty, compare it size-wise to Wispapalooza, would you say? It's about the same, bigger, smaller?
1: Um, So the only WISPA show I've been to is the spring show that they had in Dallas, and I assume that one's smaller um, than than the regular fall show is. Um, So, you know, it's, it's probably, it takes up half of the north wing of the Las Vegas Convention Center when they throw the IWCE show. So it's a pretty pretty large amount of uh, floor space that they use.
0: Very cool. All right. All right. How about you, Mikey? You planning on going or not? I know you're busy yeah, these uh, days.
2: I am busy, but uh, I am planning on going. Yeah, it hasn't come up. I, and um, and um, yeah, I missed missed the last few. You know, I didn't make it to the spring show. Uh, didn't make it to obviously any of the shows last year. Um, so it's been a little while for me. Uh, probably go, well, you know, the current plan is to go a few days early. Um, I've got a friend that lives uh, in Vegas and uh, yeah, take Kate, uh, meet with my friend and his wife, and then likely another friend and his wife out there. Do a few things before. The show and then, you know, Kate may or may not stick around for it, but.
0: That's cool. I've got a, i have got I got a homie that lives out there now too. I might, uh, the dude's kind of wild. I think he's got pink hair right now. So he might be pretty interesting hang around. I figured the locals are probably going to know the best, uh, best food. And that's really what I'm mostly interested in. Last time we went, I don't know if you were with us on that one, Mikey, but we went to, uh, Korean barbecue place at like 11 at night and it was delicious. I still think about that place.
2: I don't think I was with you that, I mean, I was obviously in Vegas at that time, but I don't think I went to that that uh, excursion with you. Um, I went with Miller to a cream barbecue place a different time, at, though, I think.
0: Mm. Well, you've been a lot more than I have, and Miller goes pretty much every year, so it wouldn't surprise me.
2: That, um, I think I've been to Vegas every year that they've had it. Um, obviously not not last year because it didn't happen. But yeah, I've been there most of the time.
0: Rock and roll. I'd be curious about the uh, the listeners who's uh, who's planning on going. Not just the guys in the Slack, but you know the the, the regulars, because there's a lot of nameless, faceless guys that listen all the time that uh, we don't get an an uh, opportunity to interact with very often. So I'd be I don't know, man. It'd be cool to uh, I don't know have a little meetup, find everybody there. I wonder what the best way to do that is. Like, I kn- I know going through the Slack would be really easy, but not everybody's in our Slack. So, I wonder what the best way of kind of coordinate all that would be. What do you think, Mike? Or maybe just something to marinate on. Think about it for a minute.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. It, um, and try uh, to figure out something we could do. You know, some sort of get you know get together thing. Um, yeah. Maybe some cheap swag.
0: would that be any swag from you because you're so cheap uh i think i'm incapable of doing anything that cheap all right rock and roll i get you so while we're talking about wispapalooza um that got me thinking that i'm actually probably going to start doing some professional business traveling here pretty soon and i want to be as light as possible uh so i'm dieting heavily no i what i mean is like to travel light i want to you know just kind of like my laptop bag and maybe one carry-on and so i ended up my old laptop bag it served me well what is this thing it's an old it's an old targus and uh like some of the zipper teeth are bad and so like it would get stuck and very, you know i mean it's just it's been through the ringer it looks like holy hell like, you know i couldn't walk in front of a customer with this i was happy dragging it into telecom closets and data centers you know what i mean stuff like that where it didn't matter but you know i don't want to look like a like i stole a a hobo's bag, you know, out on the street when I walk in. So I uh upgraded to this thing called a a Verky. I'm a big fan of uh bags with wheels. Like I got kind of a crappy like neck and so like when I carry like you know laptop with all my crap in there it like kinda wears on me. So I do the thing with the wheels and so that kind of limits your options. But it looks like it's got enough space for maybe a change of clothes. Certainly I can't fit my shoes in there. That's the dilemma. I wear size fourteen shoes and it's like they don't fit into a bag where i fit other things it's like it's just not so i'm thinking a laptop bag and one carry-on and i'm pretty sure i could do like a few days just out of that what do you guys what do you guys do when you're traveling like i, I try and stay as light as possible what's so weird too is i had to pare everything down it's like i had to remember that i'm not like on these customer calls i'm not fixing people's networks Right, like I'm not going in there, and I've got to be prepared for every scenario where all this crap's going to be broken. So I need all this test kit, and all this. so it's like I just got to. It was so hard to like. I feel I think I understand the mindset of like a hoarder at this point. It's like I. It's like, but I need that. I might need it. you know. It's like I couldn't. I couldn't let go of that. Uh, that uh, five year old Snickers wrapper. It was like ah, I got to keep it. Um, no, but it's so it was, it was so weird to kind of pare everything down. Uh, But I've got it pretty light where I've got only three micro ticks in there. (laughs) One is like my travel router. And then I've got two very small ones. Don't judge me. They're very small. So they're compact. They fit in there tightly. I've got uh, like a few network cables, like really small. Uh, Right now I've got a Cisco console cable in there. I don't know why. Don't ask me why, but it's in there. It doesn't take much room up. So I'm keeping it. I've got some optics. Again, I, I can't force myself to not put them in there. Um, But then I've just got like my regular charging cables and uh you know just the stuff you actually need for travel, which is pretty light. Uh I'm just curious, like what do you guys put in your bag when you're you're gonna travel for work? Like I'm gonna take a plane ride. So that means it's definitely going to limit any sharp, stabby, stabby sort of things that you might put in your bag. Uh you're probably not gonna so like for me, whenever I'm doing work, I always have my leatherman. So the idea of Going and performing work without it is like foreign to me, and I hate it. But I don't want to check a bag either, so I'm not bringing any sharp stuff. So I'll just I'll just do it without. Maybe I'll take a, a pair of uh, tiny fingernail clippers, and I'll just clip my way through everything. It'll be great. Tell me uh, tell me about your travel bags. What do you guys do? If you're in my situation, what what are you what are you looking at?
1: Uh, I'm tip, I'm a backpack guy, so I typically do a. Some kind of backpack. Uh, what I've been using here for the past eight, nine years is a Drago gear. It's called a, a three-day pack. It's sized for three days of uh, supplies for like a uh, a, a, uh, a scout or something. But it's uh, you know got a laptop pocket in it, and uh, so I can fit a couple of changes of clothes, you know, a couple days worth of clothes in it if I need to, and uh, you know. A- just the shoes I'm wearing. Uh, but, and that'll last me a couple of days if I need to, I have a smaller one that I'll swap out with if I don't need it, but the, uh, the, the, the Drago's black and the smaller, which is considered a day pack is, uh, uh FDE. And I got hassled in a Caribbean country trying to go shopping. Because it was just the small backpack I grabbed off the cruise ship. And they're like, you cannot bring military paraphernalia into the, it was Barbados, Mm. by the way, into our country. And uh, I was like, I'm sorry. Can you post that as a sign or let the cruise ship, cruise uh, company know that to make sure they make an announcement, please? uh, I can walk it back. That's not a problem. But they they let Mm. me through, but you know I, I learned don't don't take that color yeah, the, the military militarys um, no,
0: but the bong in your right hand that was fine. they let you right through to that
1: well they they were also cracking down on uh people who were just wanting to fly drones <laughs> and you know take video with the drones they don't they not like that, not that I have one, but they don't like that but uh other other than that, so uh I'll take just a standard twenty one inch uh travel pro typically I've been, you know, I've been using the one that my dad bought in 96 and I was going through O'Hare a couple of years ago and the, it flung all the rubber off, off the wheels. And and I was like, you know, I think this travel pro is probably on its mm. last leg. Um, but I, I still, I still use it. And uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't like the four wheel uh, jobs. I, I'd rather have the two wheel uh, from when I have to actually have a, a suitcase, but inside of my backpack, I usually have at least one RB450 and, uh, like some, some various cables. I've, I've been starting to carry a map light with me and, uh, You know, your your standard serial adapter and then a uh, Cisco console cable, (laughs) you know, know, the the basics, the Ethernet adapter for my laptop, since it's one of those fancy new things that doesn't have the built-in Ethernet port on it. And then, of course, the charger, maybe a notepad in case I want to write something Hmm. down. But that's about it these days. Uh, I think I have optics in my backpack right now. Your too, three-day so. pack
0: is that something that's like carry-on? Is that small enough to do that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, it it's uh, it fits under the seat. What I usually do is I put my uh, my suitcase in the overhead and I stuff that under the seat and you know a little bit more, but most of the time you know a little bit more than regulation if it's not turned completely sideways. But I've never been hassled about right. it.
0: They're not gonna worry about an inch or so. So this is my um, AC squared, by travel router. Mm-hmm. Keep it in my sweet Blockbuster case. Cause you gotta have a little piece of flair. And uh, of course, <laughs> movie of choice, focus, focus. Jurassic Park, obviously, what else would it be? Uh, because I spared no expense. And then uh, you open it up, I've got my ports inside uh-huh. there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. So that I, uh, so I've got it configured, so that whenever I, uh, like hook it up, like Ether One, or I connect the wireless in, to mm-hmm. like their their guest network or whatever, it'll automatically create a whole bunch of VPN tunnels, and I just have static routes, uh, with like uh, precedence levels, like administrative distance levels so that uh the more secure the tunnel is the higher the precedence right so it'll always like prefer the route over the most secure tunnel so i don't have to so try you, get, and you
1: get the best you get the best performance and security yeah. over yeah.
0: and i so, don't have so to, if you
1: have an instance where like l2tp won't connect because they're blocking because they're blocking on their firewall it jumps to the next button.
0: yeah 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 so it try it's just shotguns it'll create every tunnel that it possibly can that i've got configured And then it'll just route over which one happens to be the best one. So I don't have to have any like scripting, no logic in there. I don't ever have to touch it and I've got it locked down so that, um, only my laptop, when I plug in to like one of the other ethernet ports is allowed to like actually communicate through so that, you know, they can't just grab it, plug in and then get access to all my stuff. So, um, it's kind of the simplest way I could think of to get access to all my, so I, some of the guys I work with, they have all their stuff like internet accessible they are going to connect to and things like that and that's great for demos but it's like i i need to like get in there and i like need to show you like the routers in the labs and you know do all this other stuff and i don't necessarily want to make all that wacky stuff externally accessible so it's nice to just have this thing plug it in plus i know i'm not just sticking my windows machine right on their network and gives me a little bit more sense of security and i can also i mean when i'm in the hotel i can connect it up to the to the wi-fi or plug it into their port or whatever just the same. Exact same experience every time, no matter where I go. So I thought it was like a, a pretty nice workaround for that. I could have gone with something smaller, but I wanted two, two, four, and five gig radios in it. Mm -hmm. So that form factor, you're going for a half AC or a half AC, what? No, half AC light. Is that what they call them now? The 100 meg ones or the AC AC squared? Yeah, so it was kind of like the smallest one that has that form factor. Although. Maybe the cap ac is smaller maybe i could have went that route
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's an option i mean I,
0: I do have an they, nes cartridge that i would well, like to stick well, in.
1: well the nice thing oh yeah the the cap ac is like uh the board's maybe a little bit wider but it's shallower if that makes sense than an ac2 so it's uh i mean we use a bunch of them the nice thing about the uh cap ac compared to the half ac squared though is you get standard poe support
0: hmm. how many ethernet ports are on the cap acs two ah oh, see that would be perfect just one for my laptop and one for uh one for their network connection if i need it i mm. might Re- i might remind me
1: those. on remind me on monday i'll send you a picture of the uh the board on the ac2 with i've got one popped open at a uh at a mdu i'm installing this week <laughs> yeah. so, i installed a bunch enough.
0: i thought i had a spare one i don't i guess i installed all of them i do have some Waps, but those things are huge yeah i digress i mean i mean
1: the new one's not too bad the new uh the new generation with the two dual ports and the arm process
0: i think i i think i might go that route so yeah I've got like a Ninja Gaiden, uh, Gaiden, however you want to say it, NES cart. That might be, that might be my other. Because one of mine is in an Atari cartridge. It's, uh, Defender, obviously. What else would you put it in? So that would be a cool little compliment there. Cause yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I like the VHS. I know. It's,
0: it's kind of big though. It's kind of, big. <laughs> it's a little obtrusive.
1: Not no, you too- know what you could do is you could put a, uh, AC3 uh, board in it, and then have the external antennas.
0: I have to think about it. I have to think on it. What to think on? They're giving you
1: all sorts of dangerous ideas. Cause, uh, yeah, I think that's the one thing. Like if you look up here in the corner, I've got a uh, a uh, M33G. And that's my, uh, when I'm at our properties and I'm staying at one of our properties, it automatically has the right management VLAN on it. So I just plug it in and I automatically get put on our management VLAN. So I'm already in our OSPF network. I can get to any of the other properties over our our tunnels. And then, uh, I don't hit the, uh, queuing, so I'm
0: unlimited on my queues. Very nice. That's the way to be. And for a small price, you can too. What do you do, Mikey, <laughs> when you travel?
2: Uh, usually it's poor planly or, or plan poorly. Uh, and so uh, many times um, I'm traveling with exactly whatever I have normally because it's like, oh, crap, like I didn't pack my clothes yet and I have to leave, so I'm not going to take time to take garbage out of my laptop bag. Um, I just have a generic... Uh, HP I'm not sure what it is, you know, laptop bag, um, stuffed full of, I don't even know what's in there. Like I, like I forgot. I had like a Trader Joe, like peanut butter and jelly, like cracker stick thing in there that I forgot about. And I found it when I was looking for a cable and found the jelly. <laughs> at first. Um, so that was nice. Um, but, um, when I have time to actually plan things, um, if it's just like regular work type stuff um, I mean it's you know laptop charger um, you know phone cables and chargers um, I've got a hat mini I forgot what it was it's was, like a little USB powered one that way I can plug you know I can plug it into a USB battery pack um, and then that's probably it. Um, you know, Ethernet cords and stuff. Uh, if I'm going to a conference, um, then actually I have way more crap than I would usually have. Just because, like, I don't know when I'm going to be by power. So it's like, so I have multiple battery packs. You know, I don't know what the internet's going to be like. Because you know, I've been in hotels before when, like, you know, my Wi Fi signal like it's just like barely a bar and like well that's not gonna work i can't get you know good speeds with that so then like i'll bring along like a nano station (laughs) um just so i can power through to get to an ap and then i'll you know pull it down with the you know station spit it back out with a you know micro tick, so i you know all my devices work um the uh battery pack with the hap like uh, that, so that then on a plane, I can, you know, I can get the uh, Wi-Fi on the plane with the microtick and then just spit it back out to my assorted devices. Um, not that I need to; I mean, I'm fine with just one device, but I can. not so why not? <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I do that on cruise ships. I'll uh, take a map light and plug it into a USB pe- battery pack and it'll rebroadcast and you'll pay for the, uh, the service on the map light with the map light's MAC address and I'll serve, you know, three or four other devices off of that. Mm.
0: Sure. Or um... you could just walk around the cruise ship for a while collecting MAC addresses that you sniff and then just clone MACs until one works. And then call it a
2: day. (laughs) Good. Good. Um, But, um, and so, you know, how many battery packs do I have? You know, I'll bring a power strip because I'll have all, how many devices I have to plug in. You know, if it's like a whisper show where I've got, you know, camera gear and stuff, you know, I have a whole camera bag then and chargers for the camera batteries because I want to make sure that, you know, I don't run out of steam while I'm doing a video. And so then, ultimately then it's, it's a whole, big ordeal and I you know like I've filled up like an you know eight port power strip before just with crap I've brought into my hotel room um just to keep everything topped up yeah because like if it was more convenient it wouldn't need as many things but it's like I don't know like I'm leaving my hotel room at eight o'clock in the morning I might not be back until two in the morning I can't like charge things in cereal I have to like Every battery has to have its own charger. Or, you know, in the case of USB, you know, I can you know, a big one with a whole bunch of cables off of it, but it's just like you know, things really get out of hand then. Yeah. Um
0: But I do it all for you. <laughs> the audience. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Well,
2: I don't care. Oh, no, Not no, no. The audience. That's whatever. No, I don't care about it. No. <laughs> The audience. The audience. Um but, um, no, it's, uh, it's usually, it's, you know, somewhere in between of of packing what I actually want and then having what I would normally have on a, a normal day because I'm too busy to clear it out. You know, I'll find business cards from three shows ago in my bag. Yeah. It's like, I probably didn't need to bring this with me to Vegas. Um,
0: <laughs> hand them back out to especially, other people. Yeah, I get it.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, well, it, you know, especially because I have an app on my phone that I take a picture of the, of the business card before I do anything with it. So, like, if I can't get it back, then there's stuff in my pocket to just throw away later because it's already in my phone. I don't need the card anymore. And then that's the card. So, like, I don't even need the card. Like, I don't need it, but yet I've followed it on an airplane back and forth, back and forth because it's in the depths of my bag. And But, yeah, I should use them as, like, you know, handing out at the conference or, like, you know... You know, I, I piss someone off at a, you know, wherever, and like, hey, you know, here's my card. You know, contact me.
1: <laughs> you know, I've I've actually been thinking about having some business cards printed up that have, uh, that have a QR code on them so that you just scan it and okay, all all whatever's on my business card is now stored in your phone.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like uh, QR code just in the your cell phone holder, just like on the back of it, mm-hmm. and then people, you know. You can you just show on the
1: back of your badge because you know it's like they scan you anyway supposed to slap another one on the back of your badge and call it a day
0: oh yeah that would be perfect yeah i mean that i like yeah i guess you're filling your business cards one side was your business card the other side was a qr you could just shove that into the little Mm -hmm. badge holder right there and you'd be done just let people scan it Hmm. that's actually that's a really good idea let me write that down
1: No, and this is also partially because I haven't printed a had a set of business cards printed now, and for my company, like five years, the current company, uh, my 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 daily job, I haven't had business cards. (laughs) I've never gotten them because I don't want
0: people calling me. Yeah, yeah, I don't have business cards anymore. (laughs) It's totally cool. These would just be like, uh, I guess, Brothers Wisp related ones. So, (laughs) what do you? What's that app you use for? uh, uh, business cards. Mikey, do you, do you know it off the top of your head without having to look?
2: Um, it's called uh, Contacts Plus. Contacts it Plus. used to be called Full Contact before they they got bought out. And it's kind of nice because like I can take a picture of a business card, you know, it'll transcribe it, throw it in my contact list. And then with all of my contacts, um, it then act- it then like automatically hunts out like their. You know, like if I have their email um, and then their name, you know, it will fill in, you know, here's the business name that they work for. And, you know, here's their position in the company. You know, it'll find it if it's on the Internet. You know, it'll pull in their LinkedIn profiles and stuff and, you know, pull in their LinkedIn profile picture and stick it in the content. You know, it, it does all this kind of, you know, searching the Internet to fill out the rest of the profile Research for code, that person. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool
0: might look for that you know I've noticed like my new my new like exchange of business cards is connecting with people on LinkedIn Like I do that all the time until I started over here at Red Hat I really ignored LinkedIn for the most part but I don't know if that'll be a good way moving forward to keep trying to do that stuff but uh, I'm gonna give uh, context plus uh, a try Let's see what no the-
1: I've, I've actually I've actually had I've gone in for a couple of interviews just because of LinkedIn uh, you know, it's, I've had, uh, you know, office managers reach out and say, Hey, you have, you know, you're familiar with the small business stuff or you're familiar with the radio stuff. Can we come talk to you about a position maybe? So it, it's been kind of interesting having the LinkedIn stuff. Then again, I found my current job in the Reddit post. So
0: Todd, is you really, that's wild.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. it was something about looking for a microtech engineer in Dallas-Fort Worth area <laughs> on uh, our networking, so.
0: Why are you wild, man? Yeah, I um, I found in the LinkedIn learning author portal, you know, because it's like Linda got consumed by them, so all my stuff's LinkedIn learning now or whatever. Uh, there was this little checkbox option, or I guess like a radio button, and it's like uh, be automatically tagged when somebody says they completed your course, like and they post in there. You know, it's like a little certificate mm-hmm. saying they finished and I was like, yeah, I'll turn that on. And now I get like, I don't know, 10 to 15 notifications a day of people like completing courses. I was like, Whoa, that's, that's kind of, I mean, one is kind of wild. Um, just to see how many people are actually, you know, going through your stuff. But I figure it's also, I get like 10 to 15 people like tagging me every day. I bet. I mean, it's probably good to like, you know, get your name out there and stuff. So I'm just gonna let it ride as long as I can stand it. I usually go in there and I'll like, um, I'll like their posts or congratulate them or whatever. And uh, I was like typing personalized messages at first, and now I just put an emoji <laughs> in there. It's, it's, I'll pop in. It'll be like a thumbs up or like a rock and roll or like a bicep or something I don't know, man. It's like whatever I feel <laughs> like that day. I'll just copy and paste. Pop 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 pop. I'll just run through
1: Well, ho- hopefully you don't put the, the puking emoji in there. No,
0: <laughs> no, but it's like. A, i don't have time to to type stuff but then i noticed like i'm starting to get a lot more people that are international i was like so you know emojis are the uh, the international language it's not love anymore you know it's uh no it's emojis
1: <laughs> well you know that's that's kind of you know it's it's kind of interesting because uh I, I was watching let's see i've been going through house again and then maybe something else but uh you know and it's like you know this last trip to mexico english was pretty well known i mean i was doing a mix of english and spanish just because i haven't used my spanish in so long
0: uh, but english
1: yeah uh <laughs> but uh and you know i I, had, I was correct the folks i was talking to were were uh, nice enough to correct me a couple of times like i used uh carne de baca instead of just saying carne when saying i wanted steak fajitas because it's you know it, it's just one of those you don't use it a lot but uh you know and i was going through it's like man it, it's uh, you know i was it's not politically correct but the comment uh, there was a comment i might have been on house or something why can't you just speak english and i was like and i'm quite amazed at just how many people actually speak english or understand enough of it that it's you know it's 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 just one of those weird things
0: but well, also the other side of that is you're right it's like uh, a lot of people in other countries you know have some understanding of english but most of us americans can barely speak english so it's kind of it's kind of sad sad state of well affairs. you know
1: you know it, it depends on your point of reference on that is You know, if we're talking to uh, some of the uh, the brothers on the other side of the ocean, they're like, "Yeah, you know, two two great countries bound by a. uh, We both speak English, but we both speak it differently. Yeah, what
0: do you? It's like um, two countries divided by a common language. Is that what it is? Yeah, (laughs) they speak the uh, the Queen's English. I've heard some, uh, you know, like native English speaking folks over there. You know, uh, like people in the UK say that. it's oftentimes easier to understand what Americans are saying, as opposed to some strange dialects they have over there. So certainly Scottish mm-hmm. people, man, it takes me a minute. I gotta, I gotta concentrate. I gotta hyper focus listening to them.
1: I mean, my my, my biggest one is, uh, you know, I, I will say most of your your British and Scottish accents, I'm okay with. Irish accents, I'm also okay with. But when you get into the uh, the Indian accents, that's when I start having a very hard time just because I, I can't uh, necessarily understand what's being said with the accent. So it used to be horrible. I used to always have to call HP support for stuff. And it's like, you know, even with a, as a preferred uh, reseller, they'll send you to India first. And it's like, can you please transfer me to someone in the US? As soon as they start talking, I, I just don't want to play the game of me asking to repeat, repeat something five five times every five minutes because I can't I can't understand the accent because my ears just can't mm. handle it.
0: I know I I watch a ton of British television and that really I think that exposure therapy helps me a lot so I can understand most of virtually anything they say even when they're speaking quickly. Um, but you're right. I was on one of our internal meetings and they were talking about some new technical feature and it cut over to the the product owner of kind of that feature and he was indian and man i was really having to concentrate but i bet it's the same thing right it's like i just don't hear that accent very often so if i was like immersed in it i'm sure it would you know it would be so much easier but um sometimes you know like when i'm uh listening to the latvians that uh some of those guys i have to concentrate for a second like uh what do they say? They don't say bandwidth. They say bandwich, like it's a sandwich that always makes me laugh. Uh, there's some other funny ways they pronounce stuff. But it's, it's usually, you know, usually get the point across. I just, sometimes my abilities to hyper-focus on things are not quite there. So I, I smell you cooking. I, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, well, and then it's like they, they introduced those YouTube videos in Spanish. I'm just like, huh, I strangely understand a good chunk of these because... They're not native Spanish speakers, so they don't have, you know, necessarily the native Spanish accents that I have a hard time with. They have more, you know, the way they pronounce things is more along the lines of how I would pronounce things, which makes more sense when I'm trying to
2: figure out what they're saying. <laughs> well, I remember when yeah. we were taking- Yeah, so like a secondhand language works better for you.
0: Yeah, when we were taking uh, Spanish in high school, uh, they said that they were teaching us Spain Spanish, and they are like, this isn't necessarily what you're going to hear when you're out walking around because um somebody told me like a native uh, like spanish speaker here in texas they you know they're from mexico and they said we speak tex-mex it's not it's not like a pure you know it's like any any language in any area gets kind of colloquialized you know they have well, their own well it's like their uh, and, and stuff
1: yeah in mexico their verb for uh, you know their form for on their verbs for uh i think what we would call you know they is officially the you all form of the verb they just use you instead of you all so you know they don't use what we call the y'all form
0: <laughs> but yeah so uh it's funny because like when i'm like at the uh the bakery like the mexican bakery La pico dorada down here it's delicious amazing tacos too uh best donuts in town it's it's uncanny um, but whenever I'm hearing them talk a lot of times I'll hear English words just kind of pop out and I guess that's what they mean by tex it's kind of just a mixture of the both languages sometimes it's the kind of blend together
1: yeah and, and there's still some words that that there isn't a true Spanish uh, derivative for so they, they have to say the word in English and then you're just like oh okay
0: well like uh, I was listening to somebody talk And they were pointing and they said some stuff in Spanish and they said over there and then continued in Spanish. I was like, Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, obviously I know over there is in Spanish. Uh, but it's just, I guess, you know, you start mixing your languages together. I don't know. I don't exactly understand it, but, um, I've heard several people do it. Although I honestly, I haven't hardly been around other people. I say that today I've been around a lot of people and it was, uh, not bad at all i uh kind of readjusted pretty i i climatized pretty quick i went to some place called micro center Have You guys ever heard of that yeah all right
2: that's, that's um, one that's, um, um i think all the ones by me closed down
0: okay it was uh it, man it was full of nerds that's all i know
1: yeah and in dallas and fort worth it's kind of been what's replacing the uh fries yeah um, there's there's one in Richardson right by my office which you know I go to once every couple of months for a couple hours. So my office, not not the mic. yeah, thing. but yeah. It, but you know they're they're also there. Uh, they have uh, you know they're doing the maker thing too. They have the whole section of just maker supplies, Raspberry Pis, Arduinos. Right. You got uh, filament for your three D printers, three D printers and.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so they had like the Arduino Pro Minis, which are the the ones I prefer to use a lot. And they had them for 7.99 and when I buy them off of AliExpress, they're like a buck 30 a piece. So, a little bit of a markup on that smaller stuff. But you know what really got a hold of me is I mean, there was I mean, there was a lot of computer stuff and I was thinking, man, like 15-year-old Greg would have gone bonkers in this place. Like I would have lost my mind. It would have been so amazing. Cuz back then it's like I knew everything about every processor was out. I knew the roadmaps. When stuff was getting released, you know, all the video cards that knew all that stuff, and now I look at it and I just glaze over. It's like I don't know about any of this stuff anymore. And luckily, there's enough of you guys that really know what's going on. I can just ask y'all in the Slack or whatever. Oh man, I said I never say y'all, and I just said y'all. Uh, you've, you've you've stuck it in me. Uh, you've got it in my brain. Let me rephrase, rephrase, <laughs> don't worry, phrasing, about it. boom. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's like I just, I just, it felt kind of weird. It's like I don't understand anything about any of this stuff anymore like at all um other than i know like the nvidia 3090s are like the new ones because they're like sold out everywhere and i hear people complain about it that's the only reason i know about that so it's it's such a weird experience i guess Uh, but you know that's the evolution of things things that you're super into you just you know that kind of fades away or whatever but i'm still in it so it's still like sort of but you know i'm more in network i don't know Things change, life changes, it's weird. Uh, it was a neat place though, you know, for anybody that's never been. And also, I forget what it's like to be able to actually touch things to try them on. And they had like a million keyboards out that you could like poke the keys and put your hands on. Um, and I was like, man, that's really nice. Cause you know, Amazon's kind of a crapshoot when it comes to that stuff, you don't exactly know.
1: Yeah, that, that's actually how I selected my uh, two keyboards for my uh, home desk and my office desk because I was at Micro Center and playing with keyboards and I said I like this one so let's get two of
0: them uh, yeah and they had mice they had tons of mice so you could see how it feels in your hand how does it move around I guess do you think it mattered more back in the day when they actually had like steel balls in them like actual mouse balls as opposed to the lasers they all feel pretty much the same to me now I don't know
1: yeah, I think it's just the grip mainly and how it conforms to your hand. Like, I, I I have a bigger mouse at home than I do at the office. But then again, my hands have really started bothering me here the last couple of months again. Uh, you know, when I wasn't doing so much work, but I tried to go uh, water skiing over the 4th of July. and I just could not hold on to the ski rope. and it...
0: Hmm. Is it like a carpal tunnel sort of thing? sucks man yeah falling apart your warranty's almost expired so you better get in there quick that's what i threatened my wife with was like man the warranty's out you know and i just i don't know what's going to happen i don't want to be stranded somewhere because you're just falling to pieces and hikes. That's awesome. So we get a cars. I took my, uh, I know this is way off the path, but I, uh, gave my 15 year old a driving lesson for the first time. That was a bittersweet moment. It was weird. Um, it's so weird. We went on our family vacation, uh, like a week ago, something like that. And so my 15 year old, is six foot four two eighty so he's he's big i'm six three um and then my 12 year old um just uh he's right about six and a half no like six foot and a half inch so he's like just and then my wife is right at six foot so my, my 12 year old is taller than my wife and they're walking in front of me and it's like finally i get the concept of people saying that we're tall because it's like now i have a reference point i could just see them standing next to everybody else it's pretty freaky let's see what else do we have on the list we have uh there's a new somebody posted it in the slack a picture of the new cap xl ac and uh XL i am assuming means extra large for the antenna on this thing because it's pretty massive looking it looks like it kind of covers the circumference almost of, it,
1: it, it kind of yeah. reminds me of a variant of the antenna they use in the audience just I didn't see a three-dimensional picture just but from the you know looking down on it view
0: yeah so we got it like a back panel view and you could see it kind of spitting out larger than the board itself so it's pretty big antenna and that's one of the things that I think we've been harping on forever about the indoor kit is that the antennas are so tiny on these things
1: and, You know, I, I think the the caps have actually, at least on two point four gig, going to the lower power taps or caps for our MDUs and the you know lesser antenna designs have actually solved a lot of uh, channel interference issues we've been having. So I don't necessarily know that it's a bad thing. You know, my my big, I think my big deal with the cap AC is that I really uh, you know I'm waiting for uh, V seven to be stable so I can turn on. uh officially stable so I can turn on the uh, uh, new Wi-Fi features for things like uh, uh, wave 2
3: yeah
0: yeah I think uh, I think everybody's ready for the new improved hotness there's just no doubt uh, I think nobody's surprised by us saying hey we're ready for uh, for uh, a stable version 7.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not even harping AX. If we if you know we get wave two working, and I'll be happy yeah. <laughs> because that's that you know I for for our stuff we don't really need to support AX because we don't have anything that needs to go that fast. It's the client counts that kill us.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the same boat I'm in. Um, in my MDUs, I don't need the speed because the users can't overrun the the rate limits I'm putting in there. I just want as many advances as i can get uh, in the existing technologies make it yeah well work and and then
1: we have that you know the handful that say what you're only giving us 30 meg no it's 30 meg per connection and unlike what you'll get from your cable company it's going to be you know symmetric we we do symmetric because we're feeding off of dia's so you know it's it's a different 30 meg than Saying, "Oh yeah, the cable company can get you up to 250 down and 25 up."
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I've got, I don't know, my download speed is like five or six hundred at peak, but my upload is a hard 20 mags. And every time I'm uploading a YouTube video, I hit it, and uh, I'll hear the kids scream, "Dad, the internet's huh you know, because they're they're obviously you know <laughs> blasting somebody. Uh, in a game where they're trying to beat somebody in car soccer or whatever. So I always have to ask around, hey, is anybody doing anything? Because I'm about to break it for just a minute. It's so sad. Uh,
1: I used to use uh, Linux. There was a command line utility you could use to upload in the middle of the night. And I used to do that. So you could do the video upload in the middle of the night when when the kids were asleep.
0: Mm. I just make a note and do it at like 8 in the morning. When absolutely nobody's hey, awake hey, you know, but you know, should,
1: you should automate that with Ansible. Instead <laughs> It's automatically do it for you. I <laughs>
0: probably could. Uh,
1: there, I issued you the challenge. Do it.
2: <laughs> it um, well, and so I was thinking, actually, uh, maybe Greg needs to, to put version 7 on his home router so that he can use uh, FQ-Codal and uh, give that a try. Because that's just turn it on and leave it alone. And everything's magic.
0: Yeah. I was thinking I could put some cues in place to fix it, but then I was like thinking I'm going to give myself priority anyway. So it would still, you know, it's still exhaust all of their (laughs) internet. So it's not going to fix anything. I don't really care. They can suck it. Uh, for me. Yeah. It's just, I'll remember to do it in the morning. It's no big deal. Oh man. I think we lost Mikey again. We're just going to truck right along. Well, Colin, since we've, uh, lost mikey rip uh rest in pepperonis um <laughs> you got anything new and interesting going
1: uh i've been playing with some old aruba switches just uh ansible and some other things I got going on i forgot how simple vlans were on these things it's literally in the command line it's uh you enter your config mode and then you enter vlan the vlan id and then you tell it, you know, if you want to set X ports to untagged, you type untagged, and then you list the ports, or you can do a port range. And that's it. All those ports are all now set. Boom. You know, it's not like uh, some of the other switches where it's, you have to go into the internet.
0: Baller does sound easy. Hmm. Hmm. I guess most of your stuff is like on the outside of the MDU unit or something like that. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, rock and roll. So do you guys have boots on the ground out there in Florida?
1: on of the year to do it
0: oh yeah the summer
1: so it's like we're, we're we're taking down you know nobody wants to let us in or you know the uh building management lets us in to the room but it's a case of the owner of the you know we told the owner of the unit the in both the building managers told the owner of the unit but they didn't bother to tell the renters that they have been occupying the unit that we're going to be in there so and i think we've almost got shot like two or three times in the last week and you know just little things
0: yeah somebody sick their alligator on you
1: yeah we we basically are at the point of just having a uh one of the management people in their shirt stand outside the building and either that or i said you know know or we need a a sign that we can put up that says uh you know maintenance personnel inside of uh just just as they're walking up so they don't walk up and see that the doors open or open the door and find people in the room or in the unit
0: yeah for sure yeah it's it's also it could be uncomfortable too like an MDU environment like if you're if the manager just gives you the key and it's like i'm a guy by myself and you go you know it's like that's always good oh yeah we, we
1: won't we won't do this unaccompanied anymore we've we've had too many claims against us to say no now we always go in with building management and they accompany us or security if if there are a large enough building that they
0: have an actual security team yeah it's always uncomfortable it's almost like uh we need to wear body cams we're doing this work just <laughs> cya because it's you know you don't want to get yourself into an uncomfortable position i don't want to put anybody in an uncomfortable position so I totally yeah agree. i
1: mean i i've, I've met a I'm totally met a couple of karens and i get why they're being that way but in the end of the day it's like we we gave you know we we gave a, a month notice and we gave a week notice that we were and then you know that we were planning to enter this unit on this day Yeah. so and you know sorry we don't want to come back because we have you know especially when we're bringing in resources from out of state
0: yeah a couple of trips back I, uh, like to my MDU, <clears throat> I needed to go in and swap out somebody's router. And normally I would just send it over to them and let them do it. You know, it's no big deal because it's right there mm-hmm. on their, like, uh, TV console where they just unplug and plugged. Back all right, in.
1: These, aren't, these aren't the ones that you uh, secured?
0: I made all of these cables and then they said, oh, by the way, like the week before I was going to install, we don't need the security cables. We've decided not to do that. I was like, you mother truckers that took so long so many hours to put those steel braided cables anyway i digress um <laughs> yeah so i i knock it so i happen to be there doing some work anyway so instead of just mailing it i brought it <clears throat> And i was like hey do you mind if i change this out and it was a girl and she was like uh and then i go here my wife is right here with me and She was like oh okay and so yeah so i had another female with me so it was fine and we went in there change it out two seconds and then well i see her apprehension too she was in like a towel so it's like dude why are you even answering the door in a towel just you could put clothes on and come back in a minute or two and you'd be fine but whatever
1: kids these days huh
0: yeah it's a bunch of college kids (laughs) a bunch of dummies such is life oh man well uh oh mike showed back up do yeah yeah mikey's back (laughs) he's like a bad rash i think you got rid of him and here (laughs) he comes (laughs) um yeah so what have i been working on i've been playing with batfish enterprise a little bit it's pretty neat uh i need to get more familiar with it i gotta kind of figure that out it's definitely uh, a product Uh, still under development there's some pieces kind of missing here or there and then uh what else have i been working on Uh, i'm learning docker and podman so podman is like uh, docker but on rail systems, they like rewrote it. Apparently Docker's doing like some weird stuff. They're like talking about like trademarking the name and some weird licensing stuff. So I think Red Hat just wrote Podman so that you like don't have to worry about that anymore. But it's basically a one for one. So I'm just kind of learning all the ins and outs of that stuff so I can start messing with the new Ansible Automation Platform 2.0, which is going good. Do-
1: Docker's simple. up there on my, on my list of things to do, mainly because I've been looking at Kubernetes, which, you know uses containers just like docker so i'm just you know it's just that's a foreign concept to me the concept of containers yeah it's i mean it's
0: yeah i still don't have my head it's wrapped right. around all the intricacies but i'm getting there
2: it, uh, and then i actually used containers before i used vms um i started using containers 2007 2006, 2007, something like that. With the uh, OpenVZ, uh, I was just, I was just doing it, just kind of raw, and then uh, it was a, such a pain to manage because the resource management wasn't like choose how many megabytes you want for RAM or choose how much this. It was like you know you had to figure out like your like your number of resource units. I don't even know what they were called, and you had to allocate them. Correctly, and you had to have it allocated completely or else it would blow up. And so it was just a big pain in the butt. And then it was like, oh, Proxmox 1.2, or whatever. Web GUI. I just type in megs and I move on. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, there's this thing called VMs. What's that? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I've been using VMs for a really long time. And containers isn't like a far cry from that. I guess kind of the way you think about stuff or whatever. But I mean, fundamentally under the engine is definitely different. And uh, yeah, I'm still trying to, cause it's it's like the new Ansible stuff. They're moving like engine to where it's gonna run in these uh, like these embedded environments. So it'll kind of like spin up a container and it'll do the automation piece it needs and then go away, which is really cool because it'll be able to scale like crazy, you know, like if you wanna run against like 10,000 devices, you know, you're not going to overload the server you're running on. It's just going to just crank up as many containers as it needs across your uh, your compute stack or whatever. So that's pretty neat. But it's just uh, I don't feel like I'm at the knowledge level yet. I mean, obviously, it's going to hide most of that complexity. But still, you know, it's like I want to understand how it's working under the hood. Because inevitably, somebody's going to ask me about it. And I don't want to look like a dumb-dumb. I want to at least have some semblance of what's going on. <laughs> Otherwise, I would completely ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super don't care. (laughs) No, it's fun to challenge myself, learn new things. So it'll be good. It'll be an adventure. Uh, I've already learned a whole lot. It's basically, it's like uh, just Google Docker, talk to me like I'm five, and uh, go from there. Start at the start. Good
1: old Eli five.
0: (laughs) All right, Mikey, well, uh, anything new, different? Oh, you put a few things in the... uh, in here, you got data sheets, Facebook trolling. Oh, Mike would never do that. I don't know why that's there. Uh, customer touches. All right, uh, what do you?
2: Nothing to do with ladies and their towels.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you got on your mind there, bud?
2: Sure. Well, so I'll kind of lump, I guess. Uh, here, I'll we re- I'll order them so they make sense a bit more. Um, and so the first two will. Kind of be uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, Mike complaining. Oh, um, never.
1: Ooh, I, so, I, I get, I get to hear one firsthand live. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. How are you? Uh, Sorry.
2: Two, <laughs> two different things. Um, so this has been kind of an ongoing thing the entire time we've been doing this. Both of these have been actually. Um, just different vendors, different times. Um, so. The first on my list is data sheets. We need better data sheets for radios. You look at the data sheet for any licensed radio, and it will tell you exactly anything you would ever want to know about any channel size or modulation or frequency combination that you could have. What's the received sensitivity? What's the, you know, what's the transmit power? What's the, all possible variations of all possible things you would ever have to know to compute that link is on a data sheet for a licensed link. Many manufacturers, for many types of radios, provide some amount less than that. Um, one of them I noticed uh, earlier this week. Uh, they told you what band it was in. <laughs> That's it. Oh no! What band it was in, and what size of channels it supported? That was it. Don't know what the transmit power is. Don't know what the received insi- you know what, what the receive sensitivity is. Don't know what modulations it has. Don't know what mo- you know. Don't know any of those things. How can I possibly compute if this is a good product for me? If all I know is what band and what size of channel
0: is nothing good enough for you, Mike.
2: Apparently, the license radio's data uh,
0: sheets are. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I get it with the uh, art, with the, uh, background and uh, uh, doing the long-distance stuff. You know, I get it. I'm like, yeah, okay, so I may not be able to support, you know, a 40-meg channel at 300 meg, but I can sure support a 100 meg at 20 meg, so... And, you know, this application only needs 80 megs, so this would be a good fit. I mean, I get it.
2: uh, there's So many manufacturers don't, you know, there's a, a whole spectrum between the licensed guys, because almost all licensed guys, definitely all of the traditional ones anyway, give you everything you ever want to know up front. This is everything you possibly want to know. Get Radio Mobile, start poking information in um or insert your tool of choice um but at the other end it's like you know how you know and this one was a 60 gig link i'm like how could i possibly compute if this link would work for me like five gig okay i, I think a crapshoot guess the transit power guess for sensitivity and we'll just kind of it'll work 60. i gotta know there's so much variance
1: you, you know, what I've found is sometimes you can pull the uh, FCC IDs, if you don't know, and get the information that way. But, you know, you like you said, it's what did they actually submit to the FCC versus what they're telling
2: us. Sure, sure. And, you know, and if I want to know bad enough, I'll go dig through those because I, I actually get emails whenever um, any of a whole bunch of vendors uh, have any changes to their FCC IDs. Um, so that's how I populate our social media with hey, buy sells as a new, you know, outdoor CPE, you know, and then I'll, you know, I'll look and I'll see, you know, what channels it's licensed for or certified for and whatnot. But um, yeah, just you know, be upfront with it. Don't make me work to determine if your product is useful or not. Well, if you make me work that hard, I'll just move on. I
0: like to think of um, as what's the advantage for them of leaving that information off? Like why, why do you think they would, Go about that but yeah like i don't think it's out of laziness and i'm not saying they're necessarily trying to obfuscate or hide anything but in your estimation
2: first two things i thought of when you asked, <laughs> they're, I, mean, either lazy or they're I don't
0: lazy. want to assume malice i'm just saying by leaving it off what would be your estimation like why do you why do you think that would be an advantage for them
1: i i think it has something to do with if you look at a lot of the uh people coming in right now they're uh not used to uh you know, there are a lot of, you know, if you look at the WISP forums and stuff, it's it's people who don't have a, a big RF understanding, and that's what they're trying to uh, combat. It's like, well, they don't, you know, this is our market. The guys who are new to RF, and we just want to have them, you know, we'd love to have them sell our product, you know, get, get our product because it's easy to use. We have, you know, the easy button everywhere, and they can be our, you know, a sole vendor of us, blah, blah, blah. They don't know oh, yeah. because they haven't Why learned are? it yet.
2: Oh, sure. Um, you know, and you don't want to scare them off with a fancy data sheet full of all kinds of things they don't understand. Hmm. So just, yep, it works. Move on. <laughs> um, you know, just some hand-waving of, okay, you know, this is good enough.
1: But t- um, tell, them, tell them how far you can shoot and... Uh, what bands then, good enough?
0: Mm, this is the droid you're <laughs> looking for sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and that, you know, for some of them, that could certainly well be it. Um, others, you know, I, you know, could be just a disconnect between tech guys and marketing. A marketing guy doesn't know what it is, so they don't put it on the sheet until a tech guy tells them, no, this has to be on the sheet. Um, and then with the shortage of, I see shortage of, but, you know, with – with a lot more you know, newer WISPs coming on board that don't know th- to ask for it, you know, then it just never happens. Um, you know, one of the vendors, it was on the data sheet, we could go onto their wiki and then they would tell you everything there. Okay. like I don't like it, but I'll accept that where there's somewhere I can go to get the official information. Well,
0: it seems weird to me that if you like every bit of your documentation that you spit out has all that information, then here's a new product and it doesn't have any of that. That seems like that's a pretty big glaring difference that somebody along the QA process would, you know, catch. So just, I just, again, I'm not assuming sure. malicious intent. I'd just be curious how it would make sure. it that far through the process with that stuff left off. If, you know, if that is common practice for them to put all that stuff on there.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, one thing could be, you know, if, you know, if it fell off, employee churn. The guy that made the fancy oh. one left. yeah, And you got a new guy that doesn't know it should be there.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
2: Um, another thing that annoys me about vendors, um, and most of them don't do this, but um, some vendors delete posts or comments on their forums, social media <laughs> presences, so on. And I don't mean like things that are re- reasonable to delete, you know, if there's, you know, somebody selling little blue pills that obviously doesn't apply to our space. Um, you know, if there's, you know, somebody trying to hawk another vendor's equipment on your page or your forum, right. yeah, you know, okay, that's probably not appropriate. You know, if somebody's just swearing or berating or whatever, okay, fine. But I don't remember, oh, it was like, this one was about SSL management. And I was like, hey, you know, you know, because now you have to go into, like, the command line to do a bunch of crap to make it happen. And it's like, hey, when are you going to have this so I can manage it in the UI? And then, like, I started seeing replies and, you know, you know, upvotes on my comments. And then I just have, you know, some other constructive comments. So I go back to it. And I'm like, this is it the same thread? Because I don't see my comment anymore. And, like, I wasn't, like, being... You know, an a-hole about it. I was just, hey, you know, when are we going to have, you know, the ability to manage our certificates in, you know, in the UI? Comment deleted. Just like what? Uh, okay. <laughs> like, what's the point of that? Um, but it, it's happened to multiple vendors of maybe they that...
1: considered it a, a, a feature request and therefore didn't belong there. <laughs>
2: Just uh, you know, I don't. Know maybe I'm uh, you know, maybe some you know I'm infringing on somebody's safe space and they need uh, you know, a little box and I'm just not allowed to uh, question that Well, it
1: could have. Uh... Maybe they listen to the podcast and figure out, oh, this is. <laughs> oh, it's
2: that guy.
0: Yeah, uh, it could be like uh, they cut with a large sword. They're trying to get somebody else's and they took a few people out along the way. I've seen that before
2: i have seen that yeah um but the vendors who i've had this with they uh if that's the case then they are quite sloppy because they've they've got a reputation for doing such things
0: well maybe the guy Um, that was more precise uh left and now you just got the sloppy guy i mean
1: the the more you do the more you talk about it though the, the the longer or the easier it becomes to figure out, wh- you know, we start whittling down the list of vendors without you having to say, having to say <laughs> it.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's, hey, there's one that I had this week, yeah, but then, I mean, there's, I, I've had it happen several times across several vendors. Um, you know, some of them just can't take criticism. Okay. Um,
0: well, how about, uh, how about your Facebook trolling? Where does that come in?
2: Um, that one's, it's, it's not as violent as as the uh, note uh, indicates. Um, every now and then on our on our social media feeds, I like to throw out little bombs to to get people to discuss. Um, I mean, often I ask questions when I already know the answer because I'm trying to curate discussion amongst our fans. <laughs> and so, one I just did today um, was. Uh, <laughs> Bridged CPE versus rounded CPE. Tell me why the other side is wrong. (laughs) Uh, So far, it has got quite a few engagements uh, per Facebook anyway. 215 engagements already, and it's it's only been out there four hours. Um, And a couple weeks ago, I did uh, something similar with uh, VI versus Nano.
0: So when you throw those out there, Uh, do you eventually comment your own opinion in there?
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. usually, I can't say always because I may forget, but it's my intention anyway to throw it out there, you know, not taint the, uh, you know, field with my input too much and then, uh, and then put some gasoline you know, on kind of the of,
0: fire. Yeah. I know what you're doing, man.
2: Yeah. And, um, and so it's it just, uh, it's just, I was interested to see things and, and I've, you know, over the years, I've I've done some of them a few times. It's interesting to see kind of how things change, like the you know bridged versus routed, um, you know how how the arguments shift over time for or against which side of the fence. Um, it's interesting, hmm. um, but uh, and so then onto the customer touches. Um, This one is a, you know, it goes you know outside of the tech realm, uh, but uh, you know, you've heard many times you know how you have to how a, perp- a prospective customer has to see you or be exposed to your offer or whatever seven times before they'll commit, on average. Obviously, you know, if you had some new whiz bang thing, one and done. Um, and so I'm just trying to figure out how, how are people, um, and being as so all I have tech guys on here, I'm not sales guys at, well, huh, I guess Greg is a sales mm, guy now, see, aren't you? Aren't I've you? I've been a sales guy for a <laughs> minute. <laughs> um, is, um, how are people getting to that seven? Is it sending your sales guy to the door seven times? Or is it sending him to the door once, and sending him sending a, a mailer once, and then sending an ad through the chamber once? You know, trying to figure out how you know how people are uh, are getting those uh, you know touches. You know what what mixtures because of uh, you know oh, I can marketing, but it's, it's it's not really marketing. You're know, marketing and sales. You know what. What things are people doing to uh you know that are effective, you know. I assume it's not just most things. Well, on the business side, residential just pump out Facebook ads and that's all you really have to do. Um but for business it's a lot more nuanced than that. I
0: think it I think it depends on a lot of stuff. It's like what product are you selling? One, you know, what market are you in, two, um are they an existing customer and you want them to just like upgrade or there's a new feature you want them to pay for right like to me that's completely different versus uh this is a brand new customer you're trying to get them to sign up versus just kind of the upgrade process because if they're an existing customer you don't want to bug the hell out of them because that turns into spam and it's just going to annoy them right whereas like if it's if it's nobody you know that you know it's uh you're not actually you know an existing customer then Obviously, you don't want to spam them, but reaching out a little bit more, I think, doesn't seem as annoying. It's not as annoying to me in that respect, I guess. Because normally, like, my vendors, I don't want them to talk to me unless uh, they specifically need something from me, or I've reached out to them first. Usually, I want them to just give me a good price and then never talk to me again, but I'm probably a weirdo in that respect, so I don't know.
2: You are a weirdo. Um, (laughs) But I would (laughs) imagine that many of uh, us are also weirdos and have a similar approach. Um, you know, I have a variety of vendors who, you know, I do want their newsletters from, uh, but yeah, there's so many, like every once in a while, you know, it starts to kind of build up all the junk you get from vendors. And like, I just take like, like for a week, I like anything that I'm not like excited to see unsubscribe 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 because I get so much of it
0: yeah uh, that's something we used to struggle with uh, back at the fiber town days it's like how much customer contact is too much and how much is enough and not enough and all that stuff and uh, what it really boiled down to is if you're gonna reach out to somebody you have to have a compelling reason to talk to them not just hey guys how you doing that's it's like you're, you're wasting my time you know when I could be doing other stuff but if you actually have like something new, something different, a new feature, a new product, whatever it happens to be, something that can actually affect change for this customer, to me, that's a good solid reason to to reach out or a good time to reach out. Um, but if it's just like like you're saying, just a customer touch point, I would say very infrequent. One thing that we started doing, which I thought was a nice touch is um, before their contract would renew or expire you know there's like this grace period that'll auto renew where they could have canceled the auto renew stuff and so they had like a reminder that three months prior to that they would reach out or four months because you know in it like if we're going to switch services or circuits or anything like that it takes us time so it actually was kind of giving them a grace period to look at that and think about it so to me that made sense you know, like, Oh, Hey, I see you're coming up for a new one, six months. You know, just wanted to get in front of you, talk to you about it, whatever. That makes sense to me. So what, what, what kind of avenues are you mostly thinking about, bud? Are you looking at brand new or existing customers? We're trying to get an upgrade or just keep your business customers happy.
2: Uh, well, so my, uh, my intent was, you know, new customers, new sales, um, because I mean, not that the other conversation is not valid. It's just a lot easier. You know, if you can conquer, you know, how do I handle somebody new that I mm. I don't have a relationship with? Surely you can figure out how to handle a guy that already gives you money. Um, you know, you've already convinced him to give you money. You can convince him to take your call or your email for, for whatever the thing is you're trying to do. Um, and, I, you know... I, I was just kind of like leaving my sales guy to do his thing because I have enough things to do. Um, and then I actually heard from somebody. They're like, you know, that 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 that, that, that like my sales guy had come by too much trying to sell him stuff. Hmm. Like, not that he was there every day, but like you know, over the you know two or three years, you know, he had been there. You know, he had worn out his welcome, like not to the point where like, dude, go away, like to, to tell him it was just, but but the customer was or prospective customer was annoyed. Like, you know, oh, gee, you know, Billy keeps stepping by trying to sell stuff. um, And yeah, that makes sense. Like if you it's like a sledgehammer, like if you just keep trying the same thing, like it's a you're probably going to irritate him. B, it's obviously not working. Mm <laughs> hmm. You know mm. you know, you've gotta, you know, not to say that you shouldn't do it, but like, you know, diversify your toolkit. Right. You know, and so just you know, in the past week or two you you know, we've been kind of brainstorming different you know, different ways of uh you know developing those, you know, five, six, seven touches to the customer before they'll go buy. And um mm.
1: I, I guess my comment, my question would be, are you all using a CRM that allows you to actually go over and look at what your sales rep is actually doing? Uh, you know, if they propose something, you know, visit them, propose something, they should write that down. That way you can say, hey, you know, you're you're talking about this too much. You need to try talking about the other services or just sit down and ask them, if, you know, here, here are some of the services we offer. Uh, is this is is there anything that we might be able to help you with because we would love the opportunity and if not you know leave a card and maybe check follow up in them, with them next quarter
2: sure it's a and actually you know you know during some of these conversations we actually uh you know I actually picked up on the fact that the sales guy he was you know i mean not you know, obviously, I don't know what his you know spiel is when he goes in, but you know, during our conversation, he said something about you know, you know, talking to people and you find out they're happy with their phone system. Say, so, well, that's the wrong question to ask if you're trying to sell them hosted PBXs. Immediately, you know, we also sell them internet and all kinds of other things if they're in our footprint. But you know, if you're trying to sell them the you know hosted PBX, people are happy with their phone system unless it's broken. So unless you're in there, the day it's broken or within a week afterwards, they're mm-hmm. probably happy with their phone system because it's working. You need to sell it differently, you know, because you know we're using a phone system that does far beyond just a basic desk phone. You know, and obviously this is, you know would vary based on the type of business. You know, this strategy wouldn't work on a, you know on an auto body shop. But, you know, going in and, you know, you know, how are you dealing with, you know, people working from home or, you know, people out in the field or this or that to try to gauge, Okay, you know, oh, you're using a 30 year old Meridian phone system that works and you have people that work outside of the office just off of their cell phone. Well, hey, would it be nice if their extension at the office was also their extension on their phone? Like, you know, sell them the same thing, but don't ask them are they happy with what they have because yeah
1: yeah and sorry. I think that's that's what we've been doing here with phones lately specifically because actually most of our revenue comes from phone believe it or not um, is uh, we've been chasing my tells that are you know you can't get parts for nobody knows how to work on them anymore so we've been getting all these massive properties that had their own Mitel PBXs or uh you know small charter schools and stuff had small mitel p b x and they can't service them anymore so that's that's one of the ones we've been chasing
2: that um that um and you know you know you know kind of going down that rabbit hole um you know kind of exposed you know different of course I'm probably before four tangents steep now but but uh but you know but it's useful stuff um you know, one of the new customers, um, or new prospective customers likely to sign. Um, he was actually interested in figuring out how to integrate the phone system with his existing, you know, C R M system. It's like, okay, well, you know, if it's got an API, you know, we'll figure out what it would cost to integrate it to do the you know you know, the you know, screen pop ups, you know, when a customer calls, you know, it pulls up all their records and stuff and and all that, you know, we can figure that out because then once you do one, well, then you just run through the franchise. Okay, you know, every other company that uses the same system in the area, or, are, you know, what not. hey, this is, you know, are you looking to have XYZ, you know, something that, oh, wow, you know, this this old MyTel, this old Meridian, there's no way they can do that. You know, this is fancy. Yes, I want to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's you know, but what he was doing was just, you know, are you happy with your phone system? It's like, well, no, it's, you know, and, you know, he got a lot of sales from people that aren't, but it's like, you're gonna run out of those. Um, yeah, eventually. Or
0: it, try that, try Next, that once, and then don't try that on that same customer again, right? Like switch your tactic every single time you talk to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: and that, that's why I said it's nice if you can track what you've asked them that way, you say, "Oh, I already, I already asked them if they're happy with their phone system, or, you know, or if they're happy with their internet service, or if they have multiple locations and would like to have, you know, a uh, you know a continuous network provided for all of their locations
2: and have one bill, and
1: you know stuff That's like that."
2: It, it um, you know, on the phone system stuff, you know, um, actually have been getting more and more people. They're like, you know finding multi-location businesses. Where it's not like it's a bank where there's a lot of interlocation calling where they probably already have something, even if it sucks compared to what we do. Um but like, you know, we've had like auto shops or or whatnot where they have more than one location. And it's like, well, you know, we don't have to then have somebody answering the phones at both locations all the time you know bill can just keep turning the wrench um and then only stop if a customer walks up but you know jim over at the other location you know that's his job is to answer the phone and do the service writing and stuff so it's you know finding those niches that like you couldn't do um before but to kind of i guess backpedal to where i was originally going like some of the other things we were kind of tossing around you know because there's there's mailers that you know, you've you got to get them so that they'll actually open the darn thing. Um, that's the biggest hassle with those. But it um, we started to kind of think about when well, you know, putting together like little demos. You know, if you're just doing basic internet, it's a, a demo is not really that useful. Hey, I have internet. Great. How do I know it's your internet? Like you know, I'm at a county fair selling internet. Well, great. It doesn't really matter. It's, I can go to Facebook. Um, but like, um, in like little clusters, like, you know, finding, you know, going around like existing customers that have a service and then finding like the nearest 10 businesses and be like, Hey, you know, we're going to host, a, uh, you know, you know, a demo of this new thing that we're doing and, you know, like micro crowds. So you don't have to like over plan some things, you know? five, 10, 15 people, hey, you know, let's just come see how this works, you know, at, you know, place, you know, offer like, a you know, appetizers or, you know, light drinks or whatever, you know, food and drinks usually get people to show up, so, you know, give them some, you know, free food and drinks and, you know, hey, you know, come, you know, come look at the way this thing works. It's just something different than what they're already doing in terms of. Approaches to the customer and so um
1: that really reminds me of like the when i s p supplies puts on a uh a uh, they'll bring in a vendor and buy lunch and drinks and you know have a little you know here here's a uh here's an explanation of our entire product portfolio and how you can use it um, you know just things like that stuff hey, never a, works you know, on me
0: though i'm too lazy i don't want to get up and leave the comfort of my chair to go do something like that
1: what's ironic is i'll drive down from dallas to go to, to one of those that i supply and you won't <laughs> in, and you live in colin station i alone
0: well maybe you're cool with me maybe i don't get the invites you ever think of that
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean you you have a background with steve so bro,
0: maybe that's why <laughs> we got history <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, um, you know, it's so like, you know, i like, you know, on those little mini demo things, you know, let's just thinking like not the demo itself is cool, but then also like, or a method, but then diversifying of where you're having them, you know, have them, you know, have one at the chamber office, have one at the hotel conference room, have one, you know, varied up at prospective customers or prospective customer types. So that's like hey you know i'm gonna you know you know chamber you wouldn't necessarily pay to rent their space but you know at the hotel hey, you know i'm gonna you know pay to rent you know one of your small meeting rooms for the day i'm gonna demo this cool thing hey how about you come look at this too you know
1: that that also gets you cred in the community too because you know you're getting you're going to the thing hey i i'm actively trying to better the community so you know that you know when you invite all the you know the local businesses to something like that it's like Hey, look, I'm, I'm trying to make things, uh, I'm trying to, you know, solve problems. So, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you offer a feedback. Do you have any feedback for me? You know, things I could do differently or problems you have.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, but, um, yeah, but um, so you know, circle sort of back to the whole, you know, the, 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 you know, main idea, you know, viewers, you know, please throw out, you know, the different types of different types of things that work for you um, or if it's something that's pretty common, you know, don't just say a mailer, you know, what kind of mailer has worked for you? You know, are you mailing them a koozie or are you mailing them, you know, an invitation to go somewhere else that you get some custom cool little designed thing, you know, you know, some custom swag or it was, you know, kind of, you know, feedback. Mm. It's a bit more actionable than just, I send them something in the mail or i think if you're looking for, an ad for
0: something different too uh like in houston we would have these things called and i think they do them in uh dallas as well it's like the uh, texas technology summit so you know just look for a target rich environment where there's gonna be a lot of companies businesses sending it individuals just get yourself a booth and uh you know set up shop and try out all the things you know that way you could have your your little mini phone system out there you have your demo ready uh you know to flash in front of all these prospective customers. So even if they don't walk in there thinking, "Hey, I'm looking for a VoIP provider," you know, you might be able to sell them on something, you know, might be able to plant a seed, kind of get in their ear, but I think I think that would be kind of like target rich environment, but the other thing we found like in the data center game, most of it came down to timing, you know. You just happen to touch base with them at just the right time when they're just about to start, you know, looking at this stuff cuz you know, like with data center stuff, you can't just cold call somebody and say, Hey, you happy with your data center? Like that kind of stuff never works. You know, what I mean, you got to hit them at like my contract's about to come up, or Hey, we're actually looking to um, move locations. So, you know, we're physically moving uh, where all of our people sit and we happen to have our servers here. This would be a good time for us to evaluate going into a co co-loc- location facility or something like that. So it's just for us, a lot of that came down to uh, really just plain and simple timing in there. and um if uh and i was thinking about with your sales guy asking people if they're happy with their system i think i think you're right maybe that that works uh on some folks but you got to dig a little deeper um, because you're either what moving away from pain or you're moving towards pleasure when you buy stuff and so that uh, he's trying to uncover some pain but uh maybe it's pain that they didn't realize they had like you said you know everybody's moving remote uh, wouldn't it be cool if they could just have their extension on their cell phone? like to me, that would be like, wow yeah that that's killer, but unless you have that patter, you know you you have that sense ready to uh, pivot to something I guess I could see that being a crutch if he just leans on the same phrase every time
2: yeah um and you know to kind of go back to the c r m thing um you know, I could see um. know to kind of combine those two things of you know you gotta maintain you know what methods you use that would have you know or attempts to which types of or you know which people specifically but then you know run through your gamut of of these different types of contact so that way it's not him showing up all the time to make sure he's there as they're looking to you know move the data set or you know move locations but you know This group of people, I go visit once a year in January. This other group of people in January, I do like a personalized email. This other group of people, I do a handwritten letter. This other group of people, like, you know, do many campaigns simultaneously so that way everybody's getting something different every time you try to contact them, but yet you're still contacting them often enough where you get in that you know, window of, oh, hey, we do need something. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, well, also not looking too predatory of, oh, hey, Metronet was just down, and now I'm getting an ad for, is your Metronet service down? <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I mean, it will work on some people, but some people is gonna be like, you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, which mention that's just coming to your town, Greg, uh, both Brian and college station. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, on your, uh, on your idea, I, uh, tried to reach out to those guys. So what I did is I reached out to the mayor of Brian and I got him. Oh, I I forgot. I already talked to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, uh, I got in connection with that guy, talked to him back and forth. And he said, well, write a little blurb about what you do and I'll forward it on to those people if they're interested, they'll get back. And so, uh, that's not exactly the warm introduction I was looking for. So I gave it a swing and I never heard back, you know, it's like, I really wanted a warm introduction where I could start a conversation with somebody else, but you know, so. Mm.
1: That, that still reminds me, I need to see if there's fiber about a thousand feet from my house up, and I can maybe talk the, uh, the local municipality into letting me use one of their buildings to as a, uh, D, uh, or as a D mark and then hop down and actually get decent internet in my neighborhood.
0: Booyah. <laughs> Sounds like you're uh... Because
1: AT&T tells me they have fiber in in my town, but what they don't tell you is they don't have fiber on the power poles and they're not gonna put it on the power poles in my town because especially the one in my backyard is
0: about to fall over. Hmm. Well, i guess it just sounds like colin's not busy enough so he's inventing things for himself to do well you know my
1: the problem is my neighbors all know what i do for a living
0: i i don't fix your computer that's what i always tell people i I cannot fix your computer
1: no no they're saying hey you need to start an internet company and we'd all buy internet from you because you at least know how redundancy works yeah you
0: should say well i really don't want to hate you guys so i don't think i want to sell you internet
1: Uh, you know you know the sad part is we're we're thinking about moving in another year or two and i'm just like but you know here's the thing if i start something now then i have to come back to maintain it later
0: nice get you some boots on the ground you'll be fine call it best effort (sighs) internet yeah (laughs) when i feel like it uh net
1: best effort 100 megs that's, that's the name of the internet. We have one package, 100 megs metric. That's separate.
0: That'll work. You get what you yeah, get. I mean, I
1: think a lot of people would go with that. Get so. what you get and don't throw meg with it 100 symmetric?
0: There you go. I like yeah.
1: it. I think a lot of people would go after 100 megs symmetric versus a 250 down on 25 up service. I would.
0: I'd love 100 upload Is that, uh yeah. that's what really annoys me. I, I never need a lot of download, I always need upload.
1: Yeah, my my big thing is like when I try and upload uh, VM images to uh, to the office, it takes forever because usually at that point in the day, my upload's not like 25 meg; it's like three meg. Yeah.
2: it sucks. But a uh, um, a couple months ago, um, I was able to delegate to somebody else uh, migrating of PBXs from an old virtualization platform to a new one, and they tried doing it at home first because you know, it was basically a you know, ground up rebuild and then just, you know, backup settings, re import settings, and um, but you know, but it was settings and voicemails and call recordings and whatever else and logs. So then some of these were, you know, three, four, five, six gigs, which is fine to download. But if you've got, you know, insert big MSO here, yeah, you know, you've only got 10, 15, 20 megs of upload. So Good luck uploading that six gig, you know, PBX backup uh, in any reasonable amount of time. Um, she did a couple of them that way. It took her way longer than she planned. And she's like, maybe it's worth it for me just to drive to the office, do this, and then drive home. The... And she did it one time. She's like, it, you know, and she finished in like a sixth of the time. She's like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. She's just RDP
0: yeah. into her office workstation and do it that way.
2: Well, actually, well, we are light in that regard. Everybody just has laptops they take with them wherever they go. Um, I guy could set up a Windows box, I guess, on the VM cluster, and just that's what you use. But, but you know, she figured out that hey, I'll just go somewhere else. You know, I'll go to the office, where it's just click, click, done.
0: Mm. So yeah. fair enough. All right, fellas, we are at a buck forty-five. Let's uh, let's pull the the pin on this grenade. <laughs>
2: That's to be fair. I'm a bit less.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All <laughs> right. Mikey, if uh, folks going to get a hold of you out on the internet, how would you have them do that? Let me do my impression really quick. I was going to do it earlier. Uh, don't contact me. Uh, you can find me on patreon.com forward slash The Brothers West. And ask everybody else there. Don't ask me. Is it pretty accurate? That works. Yeah. I didn't try the voice. I, mean, I can't do the voice. So.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's... Yeah, it's... It, it, it's... Doing the voices, is a high-risk global board. It's like, oh, great, you did it, <laughs> and nobody cares. <laughs> Unless you nail it, nail it. Like, you know, if you get it perfect, then it's something. Right. But, like, nobody's going to get
0: it like perfect. I start calling your family members and asking them for
2: money. I mean, and they'll be like, okay, well, my don't have money. Great, okay.
1: <laughs> hey, man, where's Uh money?
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh... I was thinking a bit more aggressive this time, but you handled it Uh, well. Excellent.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Well, I appreciate the compliment. Colin, if folks out on the internet want to get a hold of you, how would you have them go about that? Uh, You know, there's always the Brothers with
1: Slack, or there's my uh, podcast, or not my podcast, my uh, blog at uh, wirelesscomtech.com, which I haven't posted anything since the last time I was on the show, but... Maybe since I've got some downtime, since I'm here in Florida, I might post some stuff about this uh, Aruba switch I've been playing with that I drag all the way from Texas.
0: Nice, and that's calm with two M's, with. right? C-O-M-M? Yes. All right. You guys heard it here first. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can email me, greg at com, or you can check out my blog, com, where I very regularly blog. You can also hit me at... Um, uh patreon.com forward slash brothers with see slide into my dms i'm pretty reactive man you guys are killing it on there yeah answering this stuff it's uh you guys are all over the place you're doing the thing uh if you just can't get enough of me and my ramblings i'm also doing another podcast called why am i i've got uh two listeners one is uh re-listen it uh to it myself and then i've got mike so uh i'm very proud of those two listeners and i'd be sure to go in and like my own videos Cause I'm, uh, I'm that guy. No, I actually don't. But I really should. You gotta get those numbers up. You gotta pump those numbers. Um, we are putting together some uh, additional specific podcasts. So uh, you guys asked for it. We're putting it together. I'm finally getting off my butt. There's a cool website called When Is Good. It's really ugly, uh, but it's very functional and easy to use. You can send it to a bunch of people, and they all get to pick their times and their calendars, and you see how many people kind of overlap. So we're not gonna be able to get everybody that wants to be on there, but we're gonna try and get as many as we can. So hopefully uh, you guys will hear some new stuff here pretty quick. Uh, I guess if you guys have any questions, comments, fire them away, keep them coming. Let us know what you guys wanna see, Uh, any corrections. I was really overwhelmed by the amount of people that were interested in the, uh, the G pond versus active ethernet discussion. We had like a two, Two outsiders that I had never met before that are interested in popping in, so it'd be cool to like get some new voices. And I think we might actually hear all these voices for the first time, which would be really interesting. Think, so. I'm, uh, excited for that one. But I digress because I am rambling, rambling like always. So thank you guys for your time, Mikey, Colin. Appreciate it. And, uh, see everybody next time. stop this mess.